Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with John Russell. John became aware of his psychic abilities around the age of six years old, starting giving psychic readings to friends and family at about 15. And by the time he was 18, he was doing it professionally. He eventually became internationally known, has more than 45 years of expertise as a professional psychic with worldwide clientele, and as a paranormal investigator, has witnessed more than 800 supernatural manifestations. And a couple of his books, Writing with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, that came out in 2020, and one that came out last year, A Knock in the Attic, True Ghost Stories, and Other Spine-Chilling Paranormal Activities and Adventures. John, welcome back. It's good to have you. George, thank you so much. It's always great to be here. And I just have to thank you guys so much. It's always it's such a pleasure. And I have to thank the listeners. I get so much positive feedback from my appearances on here. I get a lot of readings. I get a lot of book sales from people that tune in and, and hear me and want to read more, want to hear more, want to get a reading with me. So it's always a great time. And just real quickly, if I may, I was listening to David uh, before uh, yeah. my time came on here. And if you have not watched... Missing 411, The Hunted, you've got to watch that. It will absolutely blow your mind. It'll send <laughs> chills up and down your spine. I, I have it on Amazon Prime, and I've watched it, oh, countless times, and it's one of the most amazing things you'll see. What a bizarre situation, isn't it? it isn't it? Isn't it just unreal? And the fact that, you know, as, as a psychic and as a paranormal researcher and investigator and having had all these experiences my entire life, I'm quite used to the fact that the other side will will steal things from us. Things will disappear. Sure. And things will appear. There are airports, things that come into our lives that appear out of nowhere. But to realize the fact that human beings can do that, that something happens where they enter another portal or another dimension or whatever happens when, you know, like some of the most bizarre cases, uh, they're standing there one minute, you t- look away for a second, look back, and they're gone. And it just it, it blows the mind. And I wish we had the capability to uh, do better research yeah. into what's going on there and what's happening and what we can, you know, what we can discern, what we can find out. John, lots of things I want to talk with you about, but I want to get your take on the Ouija board. It's something that I have kind of shied away from. Uh, I'm not particularly scared of it. Right. And I don't right. think uh, it would harm me, but I do think there are some people where they could have a problem with it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've used the Ouija board since I was uh, in my mid-teens, and uh, periodically I still do. I've used it my whole entire life. Uh, the Ouija board goes back a long, long, long way. You know, we, we think of the Parker Brothers version, but, uh, you know, the Native Americans had talking boards that they used, and there are references to talking boards or talking board-like uh, objects uh, back in ancient history. So this has been around for a long time. Uh, there's nothing intrinsically dangerous or evil or whatever about the Ouija board. You're not going to open a portal to hell if you use it. Uh, the problem occurs with the Ouija board, like anything else in the paranormal, if you're not grounded right. as a person, right. if you're uh, easily suggestible and susceptible to uh, to influence, to outside influence. Possession, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, anything like that. And if you're if you're frightened by things easily, 
then you, it's going to be easy for you to have a bad experience, and it may be of your own doing. It may be your own subconscious that's producing the experience and not any external force. So what I tell people if they, if they go to experiment with a Ouija board or tarot cards or a crystal ball or a pendulum, dowsing, anything, anything in the paranormal realm, if you have uncertainties about it, if you have fears about it, uh, if somebody's told you something and that's lodged in your consciousness and, and you believe that and you have concerns or fears or worries about it, don't do it. You know, find some other, uh, if, if you like tarot cards, but you're scared of the Ouija board, do tarot cards. That's right. If you like meditation, but you're afraid of the crystal ball, don't do the crystal ball. I remember one time a really funny incident, and this kind of goes into to, to what I'm saying here and about people's perceptions of things. I used to do psychic fairs a lot when I was young, large psychic fairs. And at this one fair, I was sitting there, and I had my tarot cards fanned out on the table in front of me. And this woman walked by, and she went, ooh, tarot cards, and quickened her pace and, and started kind of almost oh. running off. And I yelled at her, and I said, hey, 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 wait a minute. Come here. Come back here. What in the world was all that about? And she said, oh, God, she said, my husband and I went to this reader one time, this old woman, supposed to be an old gypsy woman or something, and she did the tarot cards, and she saw all these horrible things and, and predicted all these terrible things and, and on and on, and I've just been scared of them ever since. And I said, let me ask you something. I said, of all the things that she said and predicted, how many came true? And she sat there and she thought a minute and she studied a minute and she said, you know, none of them. None of them. <laughs> none <laughs> of them. And I said, see, you got taken in by a phony and all these years you were scared of a device, of some objects that intrinsically have no evil or harm or negativity to them, and yet that's lodged in your mind all these years and, you know, crippled you. So that's the advice I give to everybody about the realm of the paranormal. If it spooks you, if it scares you, if it worries you, don't do it. There's plenty of things out there to choose from. Like you, I think most people who have got great psychic abilities, medium abilities, started when they were kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, I think you're right. I think most people like me, you know, my experience started when I was around five or six. And uh, as the intro said, you know, I started reading for friends and family around the age of 15, 16, then begin to read professionally at the age of 18. And I've done so now for over 50 years. And uh, it, it's something that um, I think like any gift where anybody becomes really proficient that tends to start in childhood and you nurture that, you develop it, you train it, do uh, you know, what you can with it to make it better, more accurate, and uh, and do the best you can with it to serve other people. But, yeah, it, it started really early, and it's something that uh, I never went, oh, that's interesting, and then got away from it and did something else. It's always been there, and uh, that's that's been my life's calling. And I was talking with somebody the other day, and I, they said, you know, you're experienced in all of these genres of the paranormal, you you do all of these things, experience all of these things, you've investigated them, or know at least a little bit of something about them, uh, which is true. But my primary focus has always been my readings, uh, readings for my clients, and that's you know guiding their lives, giving them insight into what's going on in their lives and why, and what's coming in their future, how to prepare for it, how to deal with it, and so on and so forth. So I am experienced in all these other genres, but the primary focus of my entire life has been on doing the readings, and that's the, the primary gift 
that I'm given and the primary focus that I have. And uh, it's, it's always been a blessing to me to be able to guide other people's lives and to help them. Was your situation hereditary? Does, did anybody else in your family have this gift? Other people in my family do have the gift, not to the strength or the ability that I do, uh, but it does go back quite a way. There was uh, a record in my family history of interest in the paranormal and all kinds of exciting and weird paranormal experiences. Uh, my uncle was coming home uh, one night and uh, was driving down the street where in the town I grew up, and there's a cemetery there with a, an iron fence along the front. And uh, he said the... Uh, his car headlights picked up a person walking across the street, and the guy was in his T-shirt and his underwear. And he was like, good grief, what in the world? And he said then he notices that the guy is walking from where the cemetery office is. It's located opposite the cemetery. And he thought, well, maybe the, the caretaker woke up and is going in there for some reason. Maybe vandals or kids he heard or saw or something or or whatever, but why would he jump out and run out there in his, in his T-shirt, exactly. his underwear, his shorts? And the guy walked across the street, hopped up on the curb, walked across to the fence, walked through the fence, and disappeared. Poof. Yeah, so my family has this, this long history of, uh, of having interacted with the paranormal realm and the psychic realm. But like I say, my, my gift uh, has been the strongest and, and the most accurate and the most experiences and it's it's really been a wonderful life. It's really been great. And some of your family members have witnessed strange things too, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. A lot of my family members have. And growing up, uh, it was uh, you know my dad was kind of a closet believer. The paranormal scared him because my dad was a rough and ready guy. He was a stock farmer. He worked cattle, and then he owned a bar, and he was his own bouncer in the bar. So he could you know he could tough guy. Himself. That's right. He could take care of himself, but with a paranormal, it was something he couldn't lay his hands on. He couldn't control it. It controlled and manipulated him, and so that scared him. There was something there that he couldn't do anything with. He couldn't combat physically. Uh, so, so that kind of freaked him out. But my mother, my mother's side of the family, that was the long lineage of, uh, of paranormal interest and paranormal experience and psychic experience, and uh, she was, was much more receptive, and she was helpful to me growing up. Uh, you know, explaining the best that she could what was happening to me and why, and uh, explaining to me uh, how to develop my gift and how to look at these things and how to how to go further. And so that was kind of a launching point for me. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in in that environment in the home where my gift wasn't made fun of or you know, hush, John, things like that don't happen. I'll be quiet. You know, I was fortunate not to have encountered that kind of negativity that so many people do. What did your daughter encounter at Walmart? Oh. <laughs> what happened daughter, there? My daughter and I were, this was when I was living in upstate New York, and my daughter and I had gone to uh, a Walmart there in the evening to shop, and uh, we were going along the aisles, and she had gone over to this other aisle that was inside of me, and I was standing there and waiting on her, leaning on the, the buggy, the shopping cart, and I looked up, and in the hardware section, where we were close by, there was these uh, plastic-wrapped metal trailer balls that you put on a you know trailer hitch. The hitches, yeah. Yeah, trailer hitches. Trailer balls, and they were wrapped in plastic and all on the top shelf of this, uh, you know, the display there. And I was, as I was looking, one of the, tr the balls, one of the wrapped trailer balls, <laughs> began to slowly move 
out away from the others towards the edge of the Those shell. things are pretty heavy. Those are just super heavy, super, super heavy. And it begins to slide towards the, the front of the shelf. And I called my daughter and I said, look, look, look. And she looked over and here comes this thing. And I actually ran over with the cart and caught it just as it came off the shelf <laughs> and caught it. So, wow. And, and, you know, the other side was my daughter was always kind of a little reticent. She has the gift as well, but she was always a little reticent about it. And every time we were together, the other side would do things kind of to prod her and poke her a little bit and say, hey, kid, you know, <laughs> we're here. You better acknowledge it. And uh, so that was the experience there. But it was amazing to see that, that heavy metal trailer ball just come out of the out of the midst of all the other packages, which are all, you know, crammed side by side together on the display, just slide forward till it fell off the shelf. Jeez. John, when yeah. somebody's under a psychic attack, what yeah. is happening to them? Well, you know, there's a number of things that can be going on there. Um, I think the most prevalent thing, now look, I, I don't think it's all roses on the other side. I've always said that. And we're but, in no rush to get there. Yeah, we're in no rush to get there. Like like the old common saying is, everybody, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die to get there. Uh, I think on the other side, there are um, some negative entities, some negative forces, whatever, that can assault us or can come against us, uh, and there are remedies or protections for that. Uh, I think one of the most common things that we come under as a form of psychic attack is when somebody has it in for us, and then they're sending us negative thoughts or negative energy, Yes, and that can, you know, that can attach to us or that can bring... Like psychic vampires? Psychic vampires, people that uh, waste your time, effort, and energy and, and give you nothing in return. So there's a lot of that type of thing out there. You know, we are spiritual batteries and physical batteries, and we have to watch that we don't run down, that we keep ourselves recharged, that we keep ourselves protected. And I think going back to the, the concept of psychic attack, um, other than somebody deliberately uh, sending negative thoughts, negative energies your way, I think that prayers uh, can be a form of psychic attack because if somebody's praying that sure. they want you to do a particular thing that's not in your interest, but they think it is. And they can be saying, you know, in Jesus' name, make John da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, that can be a form of psychic attack because that's not the appropriate thing for my life at the time or not what I want or what I need or what I want to do. John, what so, is evil to you? What does that mean? Well, I think the, you know, the concept of evil, I think, is is easily defined in one sense of the word, that, you know, anything that uh, assaults, attacks, torments, tortures, uh, anyone does anything like that, and anything that, that comes against you, against your will, uh, you know, that's, that's evil. And, of course, we see evil in the world all the time, and the simple definition is, you know, the serial killers, uh, the murderers, people right. that torture, maim, and kill. Uh, we look at war, and war may be a necessary evil, but it's still an evil. So we see all these examples of evil in the world. And then we try and figure out where this comes from, why it occurs, you know, what happens uh, to someone to, to turn them into uh, a killer or whatever. And there's just not good answers there a lot of the time. I think a lot of it has to go back into the spiritual realm and say, hey, there's forces there. I think people are born bad seeds. 
Uh, I think there are, are negative energies, negative forces on the other side that we have to contend with that influence us, and we have to guard against those influences and fight against those influences. And so the concept of evil is to, to really get a hold of and really define is very complex, very difficult, but we obviously have to acknowledge that it does exist, and I think that we are given some tools to fight that along the way, some spiritual um, capabilities, uh, but, and, and it's a war. We're spiritual warriors. We have to fight it. We can't just sit there and say, well, okay, that's the way the world is. I don't think it's set up that way. I think it's set up that we have to acknowledge that there is evil, and we have to discover ways to fight it, and we have to resist it, and we have to overcome it with good. Is there anything about the other side that scares you? Um, there isn't. I've, I've, you know, I was, as we've discussed before, when I had my uh, paranormal awakening when I was a child, and the ghost scared me to death and opened up the portal to all these experiences and, and awakened my psychic gift, that scared me, but that was due to, I thought there was an intruder in the house. And since that time, I've had well over a thousand paranormal experiences, and I can truly say I've never been scared again. I am concerned uh, about some things on the other side. For one thing, uh, the paranormal realm seems to play peekaboo with us. And we get this information from the other side or these experiences from the other side. For example, the, the guardian angel experiences I've had that have literally saved my life. And we get those so we know that there is someone, something there, something. that does watch us, that guards over us and, and watches over us, so on and so forth. But at the same time, we get into these scenarios where we have a desperate need and we're praying and we're hoping and we're trying to contact the other side and we're trying to get the needed help, and for some reason it doesn't come or it's delayed or, or something of that nature. So that concerns me a little bit. We, we never have in all these years of research found out exactly why that is, and that bothers me. And it's like in the realm of, with the UFOs. You know, we know that they're real. The government has finally admitted now that, yes, they're real objects. They're here. We don't know what they are. We don't know what's going on, right. which I don't believe. I think they know. They, they don't want to publicly they, speculate. They don't want to publicly us. acknowledge it. And I think that um, for us, for the people that experience UFOs, um, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, if you're here, if you have that superior technology, uh, surely there's got to be a desire to contact us. Someone there would be wanting to help us or to engage with us somehow or whatever. And that doesn't seem to be the case. There seems to be much more recorded of a negative nature and negative experience associated with UFOs than there does positive. And so those types of things concern me. It doesn't put me off of it enough to to want to be hands-off or anything like that, but it, it engages me enough to want to, to go further and deeper and to know why. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.